Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is UXK. 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 I'm your host, Lee Allen Arredondo. In this episode, I'm talking with Dai Dang, who's a specialist in UX for augmented and virtual reality, and she leads an emerging tech department at Pop Agency in Seattle. Dai gives presentations and workshops in this subject, and she's an overall evangelist for AR and VR in the UX field to, as she puts it, lower the barrier of entry for UX professionals to get into these emerging technologies. If you've been listening to UX Cake, you may be familiar with the previous episode on augmented humanity, where we talked quite a bit about how existing UX or user-centered design principles and processes apply regardless of the technology. Users first, technology last. However, the approach, the constraints, the perspectives differ quite a bit based on a user's context, whether that's a physical object or mobile screens or a voice-based interaction or, or virtual and mixed reality experiences. There are a lot of UX practitioners who are interested in moving into a new kind of technology, but aren't sure where to start or what that path looks like. And so that's where this series is coming from, to give you some really practical advice and examples from experts who have made these kinds of transitions in their careers. What you're going to get this week from Dai Dang, it's practical and super interesting. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Thanks, Dai, for joining us on UX Cake. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So this is a part of an occasional series on transitions in UX, and there's a lot of interest in the UX community and emerging tech in general, especially about AR and VR, and so many of Many of the questions from UX designers and researchers are kind of about how to get into this new space. So, so I wanted to start out really just kind of hearing a little about your own transition from like a more typical mobile and web UX practice uh, into this space of AR and VR, which you which you talk about so much, and which I believe kind of happened recently, like over the last three years or so, if LinkedIn is correct. Yes, that's that's correct. And it is uh, it closely, closely in line with the rise of consumer-facing VR. Consumer-facing VR and AR, uh, you know, that wasn't, of course, like virtual reality, augmented reality, that space has been around for decades now, but largely within R&D labs, academic institutions, etc. And it's not until the last few years, probably I would, I would say coinciding with the launch of the Oculus Dev Kit 1 back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, that it, be, it slowly became blew up into more of a consumer facing thing. And mm. so that's when my own interest in virtual and augmented reality also began to come on the rise. And I'm, I'm glad that you asked that in terms of how I transitioned into this space, because the, the, the honest truth is I, I don't know if I actually set out with the intention to transition to this space. It, it happened organically and on, a, on its own accord. So I live and I work in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, and we're, we're very lucky here in that we have a very rich, uh, rich and dynamic VR, AR community. 
Um, there's several different meetups on meetup.com itself, that is, that are organized around this topic, around this theme. Uh, of course, Seattle's a big tech town with Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, etc. And, you know, they all have their own VR, AR explorations or uh, pro- platforms or products, of course. And so that makes for a very rich learning environment as well as community all up. And so for, for me, it was hearing, hearing you know, so in general, I try, in general, I do make a point of attending UX meetups, uh, human computer interaction meetups in the local area and beyond. Because I, I, you know, I care a lot about getting connected with other folks who care about the same things that I do, as well as, um, as, well as building those relationships and ties. And so it was around this time that I began to notice an uptick in VR-related meetups. And I thought, okay, well, you know, at the time, I kind of dismissed it out of hand, assuming wrongly that it was just gaming and entertainment. And that was something that didn't hold a lot of appeal for me right off the bat. But then as I started going to, say, you know, this particular panel or that other uh, talk, and as I started reading more about it, I realized that my preconceived notions were way off that, a way off basis. And not only that, but that all the talk around VR, AR, it's, it's not just, as I had mentioned just now, it's not just gaming entertainment, but there are instances out in the wild now, for the last few years now at least, of businesses, organizations, um, communities using virtual augmented reality to solve problems for their users in a, or for their folks in a way that isn't, can't, be traditionally, can't be achieved by traditional technology like, say, web, mobile, and otherwise. Mm-hmm. The, the big tipping point for me, I'd say, was, um, in, was in 2015 when I watched uh, Chris Milk's TED Talk. And that was where he unveiled, where he showed the, the Clouds of Residra, the documentary that he had worked on with Gabor Rora in partnership with UNICEF and Samsung. And when he mentioned, when he referred to virtual reality as empathy machine was when things began waking up for me. Uh, prior to my career as a UX designer, I, I'd actually um, I volunteered as a hospice care companion. I actually worked for a little over a year as a suicide prevention counselor. And well before UX, I had been thinking about going back to school and becoming uh, and going into, into mental health to becoming a, a psychotherapist. And so for me, that light, that epiphany, that this wasn't just gaming entertainment, that it's not just a technology, but it's a way that we, it's how we connect to one another in a way that we haven't traditionally been able to. It's a way that we can empathize with one another and, and understand each other in a new dynamic way that really awoke the possibilities for me. Hmm. So that was what kind of got me interested. And then as I attended more meetups and got to build a network around it, got to know more people, had coffees, you know, um, I became more active around this time on Twitter as well. Because not only is the VR AR community dynamic within Seattle, but VR AR Twitter is a whole nother world altogether. Mm-hmm. And as I started doing that more and more, I started developing reputation inside and outside of work for um, having a passion and a knowledge base around this space. Uh, so I, that meant that I got involved in pitching to potential clients on VR AR. It meant that I became the UX lead on VR AR projects. Um, and it also paved the way for me to then later on create and lead the emerging technology group within POP, which mm. is essentially like kind of an R&D, R&D type, you know, R&D type group within the larger agency. We're about 150, 175 folks. Uh, and this smaller, this smaller group is focused on how can we disseminate and decentralize um, passion and knowledge around emerging technology so that everyone at the agency 
feels like they are ready to design and create for it. And that our clients feel that they can understand what this new space holds for them in terms of solving their problems. Yeah. Okay. So um, thank you for that overview, because that gives me a little bit better understanding of how this came about. I just want to backtrack a couple steps. And and this at this point, when you're getting into this community, because, um, yeah, after not even digging around very much, I realized, wow, there is a big community out there, you know, in, in researching for this for this episode. So my question now is uh, how and because this is the question that I'm seeing a lot. Right. Um, so you showed interest, you got into it, you you developed your knowledge about it, and you became known for your knowledge about it, and then a UX lead within it. You know, like, where's that step between being interested, learning a lot about it, and then actually designing or researching in that space? Oh, that's a good question. So where do you go from building those relationships and community? Oh, essentially, where do you go from more passively accumulating that knowledge and connecting with others to flipping to actually like actively applying that knowledge and designing with it. Right. Yeah. Right. And how did, so how did that happen for you? That is, that is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you know the answer, right? No, no, I, I do know. I do know the answer. I do know the answer. Awesome. Uh, and when you asked me that, I was thinking like, huh, is that answer going to be too specific, um, too specific for my case? But then I realized there, it's um. We all have our own way of breaking into it, right? And all, right, exactly. The best that I can do is be be honest about how I got into it. So for me, first off, I'll say that it, I think it's you know, it's a different. We can continue touching on this later, mm-hmm. but it's a different. It's a different beast entirely to um, say like uh, to seek out a job that is explicitly virtual or augmented reality versus tapping into tapping into and developing VR and AR opportunities within your current role, within your current org. Mm-hmm. So two very different paths. And I'm sure there are countless other paths too we could discuss. And the path that I took when I was carving out this niche for myself was the latter. Yeah. Um, so around, around this time, uh, around this time, as I was developing a reputation for it within, within my organization, I was very for, I was very straight up with my boss. I basically told her, you know, like, hey, this is something that I feel very strongly about and I want to be involved. I want to be leading the UX design for any emerging technology and any virtual and augmented reality applications experiences that come in-house. And so as soon as she knew that, she, my, my boss, she, she then knew to keep an eye out and start telling other people within the organization that we had a resource, uh, we had someone who was more than happy to kind of roll up her sleeves and jump right in. So around, around this time, um, you know, we had been pitching several different opportunities. And she, uh, coincidentally, not long after I had that conversation with her, um, she caught wind of an opportunity um, for, for one of our clients. I'm not at liberty to say which one, but um, like a, a Fortune 100 technology client. And the... The truth of it actually is that originally I wasn't going to be involved in the pitch team, but it was going to be much smaller than that. But having my, having made my own interests known to my boss, she then went to bat for me and advocated hard. Like, Hey, I don't know if you know that Di's been doing this, but she's in the community. She's like, she's on Twitter. She's been reading a lot. She knows a lot. And I think she'd be a great addition, a great value add to your team and helping to win this. And so that was my first break, so to speak, telling other people, namely my manager, that I cared, and then having, and then, and then other people then knowing to come to me or to get me involved. 
And it was really that first moment, um, you know, like kind of throwing, like throwing my hat in, being involved in the pitch, uh, like a small team of like maybe I think five people, including myself. Uh, and then we eventually won the work, um, eventually won the work, our, our first go-to-market VR application, that is. And then I embarked on this six, seven, seven month long engagement for uh, discovery, define, design, um, develop, delivery. Uh, and being the UX lead end to end on that particular engagement. But that was the the catalyst for me. Because after that, then I became like, oh, you know, die is a UX designer who knows the stuff. Right. I, I think that's a that's a really good point. That's a great way to get into doing or I should say maybe even transition. There's a lot of transitions people do in their careers, but um, that can be a really effective way to transition that people overlook. You know, they think, oh, I've been pigeonholed and now I'm in this role. And and I, I always want to know, well, what are you doing to, you know, like break that mold where you're at? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes, you know, you really do need to look for another job or, you know, that is going to allow you to do that. But uh, your story is a, is a really great example of, you know, finding those opportunities where you're at. But then so on the flip side of that, because you are uh, so involved in the community, I think you're probably going to be a great wealth of resource for folks who are curious about seeking out a job, like you said, uh, specifically that has AR or VR in it. Are there kind of pathways that you've seen people taking that seem to be successful? For one, the the um, the classic classic side project, right? So even if you're a UX designer with a portfolio that's more based on, that's more web and mobile centric, what, what I look for is how else have you expressed your own interest and how else have you actually shown your VR, AR design chops? And that's typically in the form of a side project, whether it's something that you did on a hackathon or um, a hackathon at a meetup or even something that you and your friends hacked on for, I don't know, say like a week or two to um, even, uh, let's see, what, what else have I seen that's been successful? Um, or uh, even like a simple proof of concept that you put together. Like just any, anything that shows to me that you have a curiosity and an interest in this space. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I look for is, yeah. is a side project. And I realized that you had asked me a moment ago, um, you know, like how do you actually go to apply, like if that's how you broke into VR, AR design, how do you actually learn VR, AR design? I feel like that was kind of an implicit question. So I wanted mm-hmm. to take a moment to address that. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, <laughs> I think that the interesting thing, so, you know, the, now that it's, it's become more of a thing in the last few years, there's a lot of resources available online in the form of Twitter, which I already mentioned, Medium, blog posts, you know, companies like Google and Microsoft sharing out their own case studies, right? Uh, so there, there are, there are so many different perspectives on considerations or guidelines to look out for. Um, but in terms of like actually doing it, I messed up a lot. You know, I made, I have made plenty of my own UX design decisions for VR AR apps that in my opinion, like did not pan out or like that tested horribly once we actually tried to validate it. And that's, I, to me, that's the biggest perspective to have, um, you know, like come in curious and hungry and asking all sorts of questions, but also be open and flexible to failure, to 
even more ambiguity than say, you know, your average UX designer, because sometimes you'll Google something and you won't actually find the answer because there's no answer for it just yet. Um, so like, it's, it's a difficult question to answer. Like, how do you break into the space is, it, is one thing. And then how do you actually begin designing for the space is another thing. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, that's one of the reasons why I put together that workshop, uh, designing for VR AR or, you know, the reality of VR AR design, UX challenges and considerations, because I want to, you know, anything that I can do to help give people a leg up in terms of these are the things you can think about, these questions you can be asking yourself, then the better. Well, and so you listed a couple of, I'd say, maybe more of the soft skills that are important to have, you know, if you're, that could potentially help you be more successful, like being open to failure and ambiguity. Those are important things to know um, if this is something that might be a good fit or not. Um, Are there specific technical skills or programs that are specific to AR and VR that designers are expected to know? I'd say expected to know, not yet, because the, the the space is still relatively new for UX designers. Nice to have, absolutely, is if you have any understanding of 3D modeling, environment, artwork, uh, 3D, 3D environment, 3D, uh, 3D modeling, that is, um, I, like, such as um, Maya or Blender or 3ds Max. In terms, of tech, uh, in terms of development, if you have any understanding or knowledge of Unity, Unity and Unreal, um, those are the game engines that power a lot of virtual and augmented reality experiences. It's, but like I said, it's a, it's a nice to have. It's not a must have. Um, gaming industry is pretty well known as being someplace that where a UX specialist might find AR, VR work. Uh, but are there other industries? And I guess what's coming to mind might be healthcare or automotive, you know, sort of the things that you sort of hear about medicine. Uh, but what what are your, uh, what do you see happening in the industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd say the, the, the industries with the the richest VR, AR opportunities, uh, UX design opportunities at this time, would be AEC, so architecture, engineering, and construction. Um, so, so many startups, companies, roles out there within that. That's, that's its own niche, really, because ultimately, it's how does virtual and augmented reality help the user, or say, um, you know, real estate developer understand and spatialize the plans before they commit to ever breaking ground, right? So that's a huge industry, uh, a huge niche with, with um, in and of itself. Uh, another one I'd say is a training, whether that's, and I had talked about this, I realized in my workshop, whether that's um, training for athletes, um, Striver, S-T-I-V-R is doing a lot of good work in this space, like with the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, training for healthcare. So um, say uh, like education of medical students, as well as, um, as, well as um, training for nurses and doctors in terms of how they relate to one another in the heat of a moment when they have to make life and death decisions. Um, even training of retail, like say Walmart using VR for, uh, to help their sales associates feel better prepared for Black Friday. So see, I've talked about training. Um, I talked about AEC. Um, there, the, so in my, in my opinion, those are the, oh, retail, retail, of course. Um, how can virtual and augmented reality help customers make deci- have, have greater confidence in their purchase before they actually pull the trigger? Or how can it help them visualize 
um, something before, again, before they actually decide to commit to it. Those are the three biggest industries that I see at this time. But honestly, there's opportunities across all industries because as it's, as this as VR AR is becoming more hyped in the last few years, so many so many so many of my own clients even across the board, whether that's in philanthropy, education, tech. Um, retail, sports, and otherwise are all interested in what can VR, AR do for their users. And it's interesting that you, you're talking about that as being more hyped, which for sure it is. And I'm and I'm just curious. I don't know if you if you know the answer to this or not, but um, I'm just curious if that truly equates into more opportunities for folks for UX specialists specialists. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So. Um, the the truth of it is there there there's a lot of hype m- much less hype now than there was say like a year or two ago um i think the bubble is slowly beginning to not not burst but kind of slowly uh, maybe release some of its air mm-hmm. as of late um especially with it, with regards to vr that is there's still a lot you know the price point is still dropping when it comes to high-end vr and the processing power of high-end vr continues to improve but those use cases i'm seeing for the most part are more within gaming entertainment the real opportunity that i see in the next year to a few years is in mobile augmented reality um hugely so with apple facebook and google all making big plays whether that's um with, you know uh with facebook's um, ar studio uh, AR kit from Google, uh, sorry, excuse me, AR kit from Apple and um, AR core from Google, where now creators like you and you and I now have the tools, the developer framework to actually to create our own third party applications for for mobile. And so what this means is that we'll see something like oh, I can't remember what the exact figure is, but um, I want to say something like a 10, at least a few million uh, users with more exposure to mobile AR by 2020. And that's something that, that that's an audience that's going to be much more scalable than what we've been seeing the last few years with VR, especially with high-end VR. Yeah. So to your, to your point in terms of how does that affect the job opportunities, um, even though the bigger opportunity, the bigger, the bigger business opportunity right now is in mobile augmented reality. The, the challenge is that, there aren't there aren't as many full time jobs out there, you know, um, because the the return on investment is still being is still being defined. You know, we're still trying to understand what are success metrics, and for that matter, how do we define whether a VR augmented reality application is successful? Right? We have conversion rates, out, you know, all sorts of benchmarks out the wazoo already established for web and mobile, but less so for VR AR. So there's kind of a hesitation there, which means that even though there's excitement, there's hype, um, and there's, you know, like some amount of opportunity. Those opportunities aren't going to pay as well, realistically, for something that is already tried and true, like web and mobile. So it's something where it makes sense if you, if it's something of interest to at least um, get involved or, you know, do the initials. So I'm guessing um, showing interest means... Um, you're getting involved in the community, you're reading the books and the articles, maybe having done some Unity or 3D software, you know, learning. Um, and then, and I have heard this question, actually, um, I actually took, I took this topic to, to Slack, um, to the user experience design Slack community and got a lot of, of these questions. 
mostly around, you know, how do I get a job? <laughs> but but um, doing those things that I think you outlined really, really well about um, how you get that learning and then even how you get some hands-on through, you know, hackathons and meetups and, and just uh, with the AR kit and AR core, it sounds like could even learn some, uh, you know, maybe even put together your own simple experience. So, so then I've heard multiple people say, okay, then what, how do I get started? You know, I, I have no clue what the next step after that would be. I would guess maybe put together a portfolio and start, um, looking, but I, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So the question is, um, and, and you you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you may, you may doubt, you may learn unity or you may learn 3D modeling. And I, I want to, so, so one of the things that I feel strongly about is lowering the barrier to entry for UX designers into VR, AR. So I want to make, I want to put my cards on the table and say that I do not know 3D modeling at all. I work very closely with my 3D designer who's so talented, <laughs> mm-hmm. but in terms of like actually getting into that software myself, I that's not a that's not a space that I feel confident in at all in terms mm-hmm. of actually doing it myself. That is, as for Unity, um, I I don't know I don't know how to script in Unity. In other words, I don't know C sharp, which is a language that's necessary in order to script interactions within Unity, for instance. But I did I took a class last year on Unity for designers, and so I know my way around the GUI. Uh, and I you know I'm trying to do things to close the gap between myself and developers. But I, I only say this because I don't want anyone to think that they have to know these things in order yes. to break into the field. It's That's certainly great. possible if you do. Yeah. So your next question is like, okay, so I've done all these things. How do I actually find work in this space? People, your connections, the community that you build. Um, it's, it's really purely through that. Like make, whether it's within your own organization and making it clear to your boss is something that you feel strongly about or even within your circle of friends or the meetups that you go to. Hey, you know, like I'm, I'm interested in this space. I'm interested in learning more about VR, AR design. Do you know anyone who's already working there who could talk to me? Or, hey, like, you know, um, uh, I've seen that you work in an agency. Does, do you have a lot of clients who work about, who ask about VR, AR and otherwise? It's really just putting those feelers out there and then waiting for things to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, been, that's been my primary source for finding out about opportunities that exist in the space, uh, uh, work that exists in the space. Also, Twitter, um, Twitter and Slack. I'm in at least a few different VR, AR themed Slacks. Um, and like I said, most of my Twitter is VR, AR Twitter. So whether it's uh, DMing people and telling them, you know, that you're on the lookout or it's reaching out to people that you respect and want to get to know better who are already working in this space. Um, or, uh, even, you know, even like the, the jobs channel within whatever Slack that you're in, um, related to VR, AR or otherwise. Uh, and I think the last thing possibly is uh, make it known as well on your LinkedIn mm. that it's a thing you're interested in that you know about. Those are all really good suggestions, um, especially LinkedIn, because a lot of people kind of don't think about that one quite as much, maybe. One of my favorite things to tell people who are transitioning from any field into any other field is, you know, don't, don't tell people that you're you know, transitioning into X. Tell them that you already are. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see that. I think this. I think the, uh, that all the new UX students have heard that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I know it's a bold thing to say. And and let me say, as someone um, who is a woman in tech, it's something that I also struggle with. But I think it's I think it's crucial because how you position yourself is how people are going to see you. You know, 
Um, and if you're working on the side, whether it's kind of doing your own side project or spending a lot of time talking to people in the space or absorbing it through Twitter and Medium and otherwise, you are going to know a lot more than you think you actually do. Um, before I let you go, because um, we're getting to the end of our time, um, this is kind of like a part one, right? This is the questions that people who want to transition into AR or VR have, who are already, you know, UX practitioners, um, primarily. And I, I think that after this episode launches, there's, there's going to be a bunch more questions for a part two. <laughs> yeah. It's my guess, <laughs> the way things have been going. So my last question really then is resources. And so for, for folks who want to start exploring, I guess this is sort of two-part question. Resources for folks who want to start exploring and then resources for those who have explored and want more. Mm, resources for folks who are starting and re resources for folks who are already in it but want more. Is that the question? I think uh, maybe not in it, but who ha have already started learning and want to know, you know, kind of like what else they need to do. So I'll start with people who are brand new, um, for UX folks who are, who are brand new to VR, AR. Um, there is a there is a, site, a great site that's literally called uxofvr.com. Oh. <laughs> and it's a curated list of resources for anything you might want to know like across all sorts of mediums, whether it's videos, tutorials, classes, articles, what have you. Uh, it can be a little overwhelming, to be honest, but mm -hmm. it, it is a helpful starting point to then figure out where you want to launch off into. That's one. Um, there, one of my favorite videos to, I have a few different favorite videos I love to share with people. Uh, Alex Chu, he, he was formerly an interaction designer, I believe, at Samsung um, a few years ago. And he gave a talk uh, at a conference, and I can show all these links with you, to you afterwards, called VR Design, Transitioning from a 2D to 3D Design Paradigm. Uh, and that was great just for me to start developing a mental model for how I approach um, UX design of VR, AR, essentially 3D design, right? What are the questions I need to be thinking about? Um, that's a great 20 minute video that I highly recommend, or sorry, hour long video that I highly recommend to folks. Um, another one, and I had mentioned this in my workshop, is from Mike Alger, Alger, and he is an interaction designer at Google, one of the very early ones, I believe, for Google Daydream, if I'm not mistaken. And he gave a talk, uh, I think at Google I.O. maybe two years ago on just, um, yeah, things to think about as you're getting started in this space. So uxvr.com, two great videos from Alex Chu and Mike. Um, Twitter, I've already mentioned. Uh, Voices of VR is a podcast from Kent Bai, and he's a VR, he's a VR journalist. Um, he's conducted well over, I think, 500 interviews with various folks within the industry. And it's a great, like not only are his interviews and his questions fantastic, but the people that he has on there are incredibly insightful and thoughtful about how they do their work. And so just start listening to any of those and you'll get a sense of like one of the conversations that our people are having now. Uh, there are books out there. Um, I, in general, I don't recommend books just because to be honest, when I'm looking for my own insights, in VR, AR, I look at the timestamp and if it's older than like, oof, three to six months, then it's almost too old. Just mm. things change so fast. Um, I mean, there's, there's new developments on a daily basis, uh, even. Um, yeah. Adri Adrian Hunter, uh, 
she, so she, uh, you can find her, her handle on medium is name goes here. And again, I'll send this to you. Um, she's done a lot of writing over the past year plus on what are things that people need to know to get into the field. And, um, so I highly recommend her work as well. And she, she works as an interaction design director at also VR, which is a platform for helping to train, um, for, for a VR platform for surgical training. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a brief rundown of videos, blogs, et cetera, to get started. That's great. And then your second question was, what are resources for people who are, um, who are just looking to learn more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To go a little deeper. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Uh, This is, this is circumventing your question a little bit. (laughs) Um, I'd say at a certain, at a certain point, it's less about uh, absorbing knowledge and it's more about just getting out there and talking to people. So if you're even the slightest bit's interest, don't feel like you have to know a certain amount or master a certain amount or even have like a side project to show before you start talking to people. This field is so new and everyone is just so warm and welcoming and open to newcomers that I'd say the sooner you get out there and start talking to people and being known for your interest and passion and learning around this, the better. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I know it's a little cheat of an answer. Um, again, like I said, I feel really strongly about lowering the barrier to entry for people who are interested in getting into it. And so anything that I can do to encourage people to just start reaching out, making those connections, the better. Yeah. You had asked me a question earlier in terms of like, what else do you need in your portfolio or like tech skills or otherwise? And I had yeah. mentioned like a side project, like a hack concept, whatever, right? Um, another thing that I'll put out there is uh, like certainly... So by myself, I would not feel confident putting together like an augmented reality application proof of concept. That's something that I feel confident doing like in a hackathon or with a team, right? Honestly, one of my favorite VR, AR prototyping methods is paper, as you know, from the workshop. Mm-hmm. Paper, Play-Doh, Legos, um, dioramas, just anything that gets crafty. And they, those are all low fidelity materials that anyone can start ideating with, Right. So if someone even had a side project that was a paper prototype of an augmented reality or virtual reality solution, I would be incredibly interested in that because it shows me that you're not letting anything hold you back in terms of communicating your vision. As long as you can talk me through your problem-solving process and the questions that you asked as you made your way to a VR, AR solution, then that's what I'm looking for. Not necessarily fidelity or your software knowledge. Yeah. And to your point about telling that story, um, I thought one thing that was super effective was the storyboard, mm-hmm. which anybody in UX should be doing, but I have found a lot of people do not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for this, especially like that storyboard of how this experience actually unfolds, I think would be super powerful. And that is absolutely something you could put on an on, in an online 2D, you know, portfolio, you could show pictures and, and a storyboard. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, so much of the so much of the conversation, like so much when people ask me, like, oh, how do I get into VR, AR design? So much of that conversation and the resources are centered on like, what do I actually, you know, like, how do you design for spatial audio? How do you design for a depth of field, um, et cetera? So much of it is based on the technical aspect of designing for VR, AR. 
But really, VR, AR design is about the situational considerations outside the experience itself. What is the user doing before they you know, get out their phone or before they put on the headset? What do, you, what do they need to be doing after they put down their phone or get out of the headset? Um, who are the people that are around them? Are they using it in public or in the private of their own home? Are they able to move around? Things like that. Those are all things that can come to life when you storyboard and when you act it out. And that's, that's something I also look for. Like, you know, not, not just do you know how to think through solving a VR AR problem, but are you thinking about the things outside of a VR AR solution that, will, that impacts how our user experiences it ultimately? Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. This has been really super interesting and also very enlightening for me because it isn't something that I know a ton about, um, but I'm very interested in. And so very lastly, I would like to let folks know how to connect with you. What are your preferred ways of being connected with or you know, how can people also maybe read things that you're writing? Where can you be found online? Ah, good question. So my my website is didang.me. That's D-I-D-A-N-G dot M-E. And you can also find me on Twitter. My my, uh, my handle is D-Q-P-D-A-N-G. Again, that's D-Q-P-D-A-N-G. And my DMs are always open so people can message me directly if they, have, if they ever have any questions. Great. And also LinkedIn and Facebook, you know, the usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thanks again. And um, I am uh, already going to start thinking about a part two. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Lee. You can find links to all these great resources that we talked about in the show notes page at uxcake.co. Di has some great advice for many questions that I've been getting from you guys. And so, do you have more questions? Chances are someone else has the same or similar question. So if you have a question, I would love to find out what it is so we can explore this area more deeply in another episode. So hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or our website at uxcake.co. And as always, thank you for joining me for another slice of UX cake. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week.